the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I do things very peculiarly. Taking a look at the markets, I see a sign of caution. I know you're saying, is it the tariffs between U.S. and China? No, that's that's for sure going to play out positively over time. Is it the new tensions between Mexico and the United States? No, that too will play out. I think that's become a very political issue, trying to get votes for 2020. The sign of the apocalypse, in my opinion, this is bigger than the stock market. This can take down society. Baby Shark is going to become a TV show. I know, I know. I know you're saying, oh, you're trying to be cute. Yes, I'm trying to be cute. Did it work? Probably not. Stick with the facts, black. So you're kind of with me on this one, I think. Anyhow, and anyway, let's move forward. Um, Ken Jennings has already said it's going to happen. So he's going to play James Holzhauer. It's inevitable. Keep in mind, Jennings got his butt beat by Deep Blue. Big Blue. Deep blue, big blue, big blue, big blue. Um, and it's kind of interesting. He says, now that you've just become super famous for winning a lot of money on Jeopardy, he gave the guy advice. He said, take your time. My advice to you is sometimes take your time. Try not to rush into things, especially financial complicated financial products. A lot of people rush into them thinking, I need to do this. And if you feel a rush when it comes to investing, it's a big, 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 big mistake. So Jennings told him, I'm like the old Jeopardy guy. And you're like the new generation, so to speak. And it's kind of right. What he told him in some emails is, think about the book you want to do. Think about the podcast you want to do. If you want to do a TED Talk, now's the time. Everyone's going to want it. But with that being said, your window will close. I think that's pretty good advice. And I, as a father and as your big brother on this radio show, I, I'd say the same thing. When you're coming out of college, um, if you want to travel the world with your dad, you can, or your mom, for sure. If you want to go off on your own, do it. Now's a good time to go to France. Learn the phrase before you go to France. Je ne parle pas français. Tu parles pas anglais? It doesn't even have to be good. But you're basically saying, I don't speak French. Do you speak English? Do it when you're 22, 23. Because later in life, you're going to look like a... I'm not going to say you're going to look like a weirdo, because millennials are doing this. Millennials are working in more sabbaticals than my generation, Generation X. But do see the world. I think it'll give you a different investment perspective. Um, Travel the world. I think it'll teach you how to travel on a budget, which you can hopefully bring back and and make sense of it. When I traveled uh, as a young man... There was different currencies. That made it tough. Now Europe is all one big currency, right? The euro. The dollar was pretty universally accepted, but not always. And it, one of the first things you had to do when you landed in Germany. Germany, love. Which, for the record, great story on Germany. Um, I'm massively jet-lagged, and I go into a bar. 
Rob Black walks into a bar. What do I see? It's it's late at night, and two German guys are just drunk off their feet singing Blame It on the Rain. I know, Millie Vanilli? So my first impression of Germany was, well, my first impression was Germany and Nazi and Hitler, right? My second impression was, Blame It on the Rain? Like, Millie Vanilli? These guys were just singing it horribly. It was horrible. It was embarrassing. But I had to figure out how much money am I going to need in Germany? Is it an expensive city? Uh, is it an expensive state, country, or not? I had to change some of my dollars into Deutsche Marks. Um, and then next country, France. Next country, you know, you had to keep thinking of the stuff. Italy. Portugal had, I think they had a currency called uh, Escudos. And you could buy stuff for like, is that blame it on the rain? I feel bad for these guys. One of them committed suicide because we made rock stars out of them only to find that they couldn't actually sing and that they were lip syncing at their concerts, but they were in good shape and they could dance. But the real people who could sing were kind of fat and obese and sloppy. So both, both people won. But I highly encourage that you do travel. I, I think it will be good for you. You'll get different perspectives. Like, I don't, I'm not a big Royal Caribbean fan because I have a big, massive fear of being stuck on a... Uh, a boat with Kathy Lee Gifford. And, but do travel Eurotrain and you'll figure out like how much the Europass was like something I did fantastic because I, I had a fixed cost that I'd already paid for, I'd already budgeted for. I can't even imagine doing it today, having Google Translator. That'd be awesome. I didn't have Google Translator when I went. So, and now I've started to think about it. What if the, the European Union or the United States government shuts down Google in some way, some shape, some form? And says, you know, you're, you're getting too much people's information, but they're like, we're giving away product for free. If I had to pay for Google Translator, would it be as good of a product? Or is it a good product because so many people use it and make it better with machine learning? A lot of questions. A lot of questions, right? Anyhow, and anyway, Disney. Oh, I did a story yesterday on the Star Wars park. Um, it's got one ride. They're, they're going to open a second ride. The one ride now is like a Millennium Falcon ride. The second ride's going to be like an at-at kind of rebel resistance thing, which sounds kind of cool. I was a big fan of the at-at walkers when I saw them on the screen. But they're charging $42 for a, a, a drink, a rum runner or something like that. Now, again, it comes in a collective mug. They're charging way too much money. You get in for four hours, but to line up for like a ride, you want to get there two hours early. So it doesn't even make sense. Like, it's too many people. And see, that's the reason I won't go to Disneyland. It's not Kathy Lee Gifford. I have a fear of getting on a ride with Kathy Lee Gifford. No. It's just too many people. And they, I, I feel like they're gouging. And that's why analysts love the stock. Because there's too many people at their parks. Their entertainment business is not in decline, but it's not strong. Their theme park business is strong. And get this, what I also learned, not only are they doing this Star Wars world... In Disneyland and Disney World later this year. They're going to make a, 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 a hotel in Florida that looks like a big evil uh, empire ship. Whatever those the Star Destroyers or something like that. All the people who work there have to be in character. That's fun. Kind of. Not really. Okay, I don't like it. But some people might like it. They're charging $200 for a lightsaber. You can get one for 7 bucks on Amazon. Your kid won't know the difference. But you're going to feel the pressure to... And then $99 to build a robot? Too much, too much, too much, too much. And you have to stay at a Disney uh, hotel. That ranges from $400 to $800 a night. No, thank you. But 
their business is booming. That's why I like the stock. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Good friend of mine had a tough year. Tony Mendez, who does Bay Area Loan Source. He does the mortgage report on the show, on the station. You hear him often on my show. Uh, his parents got old, and it happened fast. And uh, their health... I don't want to say declined, but I think it declined. The dad became very um, neurotic, and he's a good friend of mine. When my father passed away, he invited me and my girlfriend over for Christmas. So he kind of became a surrogate father for me. I don't know if the word surrogate's right, correctly used there, but you get the idea. So the next couple weekends, I'm going to go help pack some stuff up because they're leaving their, what I thought was going to be their retirement home, and they're moving to another state to be closer to family. They're actually going to live in their, one of their son's basements. I'm like, that's not going to work out. Um, only because I think that's a tough thing to pull off, being a grown adult, 50 years old, and having your parents, you know, 75 and 80 years old, who need help. I, it gets very stressful. When my mother had a couple strokes, I moved in with her to let her, you know, help her with her rehab, but also to let her, you know, my father had passed away to kind of let her hang around with man uh, because that's all she did her whole life. So somewhere in life, you got to start thinking about where am I going to retire is the point of this segment. You want to try to make an appropriate match with your lifestyle. And at this point in time, I think for me, I want to be as little of a pain in the butt to my children as possible. I don't want them picking me up for hospital visits or cancer treatments or anything like that. I did that for my dad and I don't want to do it. I don't want them doing that for me. So I want to find a community at some point that has big wide roads and big wide sidewalks and uh hospital on 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 the premises doctors on the premises kind of thing and, and maybe there's a house that i could live in independently until i can no longer do it independently my mom can't live independently anymore uh aging stinks it stinks bad you know maybe i'll want trails maybe i'll want a community that has potluck meals so i can stay social i'll probably end up doing this podcast till the day i die because it, it's the way I kind of you know stay social. Um, so retirement housing is kind of important because it, it'll help with your safety, your security, your comfort. But you got to start thinking about it sometimes in your 50s. It's like long-term care. We don't talk about that very much on the show, but my mom's in long-term care. And it's expensive. Now, my grandmother had Alzheimer's disease when I was young at the time, so I don't remember much of it. I called it old-timer's disease. And she was in a bed for three or four years before she passed. Um... And when she passed, all she could remember was her childhood memories. And it was kind of rough on my mom. I remember that. My childhood memories of her is every time I'd visit her, uh, she made me chocolate milk. She'd go get Hershey syrup. (laughs) And I felt bad because, like, at age four, it was great. But at age nine, it was like, okay, I'll take a Coca-Cola instead of a chocolate milk, Grandma. But she was bedridden. And this is what bedridden is. And this is why you want long-term care. Bedridden is the muscles in your feet collapse because you're no longer using them. So they kind of turn into jelly. You start getting bed sores. It's pretty awful. So I don't want that to be me. Fortunately, I think I've stressed enough in life that I'll work until I die. And then I'll have a heart attack and that'll be the end of me. And I'll try to do it on this air because I want you to know (laughs) that I cared about you and I I went out doing what I love. Uh, 
if I do it on TV, you'll be able to cherish it forever on YouTube. If I do it on radio, you'll have to get the podcast. And I do want my producer to put the podcast up of me dying on air. So 43% of people 80 and older have mobility problems. That's tough. Now, a mobility problem could be a lot of things, but I can give you two examples with my mother. Um, she didn't need a wheelchair, but she does need a walker. But there's other issues with mobility. At one point in time, she drove 25 miles, got onto a military base because my father was ex-military. She was going to go to the commissary there because you don't pay taxes and it's, it's way cheaper food. It's the same food, but they, they, they don't make money. Um, and she parked and she just started walking. And she almost probably died of dehydration. We're lucky that we found her and stuff like that. Um, but that's kind of a mobility issue, right? And then her house had stairs, and we're like, at some point in time, she's just going to fall downstairs. Uh, and that'd be a horrible way to find your mom. You know, two weeks dead, broken bones at the bottom of a staircase. So we had to move her into a home that cost basically eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 a year. That's expensive. So, so far, she's been there three or four years. That'll lead away your wealth pretty quickly. But there was also another mobility issue where she got out of bed one day. You know, parents have, like... I guess this has to be. I, can't, I guess we can't really invent beds for old people. But she fell. And she sat basically her own feces for two or three days. Um, she, it's that commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up. Um, and we didn't know. We, we knew she was aging. We knew that she was frail. We knew that she wouldn't leave that house willingly. So she had to leave it unwillingly. And it stinks because when I go visit her, it literally feels like the old folks home. Well, first and foremost, there's a lot of politics. A lot of people hate each other. And I think as you get older, you become very racist. I, I think. I think some people do. Or maybe your editor just goes away. So they're not really fun places. But she's in good hands. They, go, they do some entertainment. They help with transportation. They go out to restaurants on occasion. Um, but assisted living, memory care, nursing homes, they're expensive. So I want to be somewhere near a good university in a good senior uh, community. That's kind of what I think. Or do I want to be on a beach in San Diego? Hmm. See, I don't really have the answer yet. But I know that I don't want to be a drag on my kids. Independent living, $3,000 a month in rent. Assisted living, $4,500. Memory care, $6,300. Nursing care, $10,000. That's pretty nuts. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. It's going to be an interesting couple of days for automakers. I don't know what the border looks like right now, but i got to imagine Mexico's rushing as many trucks and SUVs into this country as they can. A lot of trucks and SUVs are made in Mexico. Um, huge, huge factories down in Mexico. And uh, the Trump tariff issues would be a problem for the automakers who are struggling to deal with the trade war already uh, with China, which supplies a wide range of car parts for companies and the assembly lines. So even on vehicles assembled in the U.S., prices could rise by hundreds or even thousands of dollars because so many parts are imported from Mexico and China. Uh, it could be a pretty interesting couple of days. And I'm not saying this is the time to get the, your deal. I don't know what the automakers are going to do, if they're going to eat the 5% cost increases or not. But the levies could rise to 25% by October unless Mexico curbs illegal immigration at the U.S. border. 
Um, nearly $100 billion in Mexican automotive goods, including $93 billion in vehicles and more than $6 billion in parts, flowed in the United States last year. GM is the largest importer of Mexican-made vehicles. 666,000. I know you're saying, 666, that's the sign of the devil. Um, and the wiring harnesses are used on virtually all the cars, trucks, and crossovers assembled at the U.S. plants. So it's going to be an interesting couple of days. Now that Trump's back from the U.K., where you got to see the Queen in England, uh, let the tweets fly. Tweet, 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 tweet. I haven't heard that sound effect in a while. My Twitter bird, my Twitter bird. Uh, thank you. I missed you, little tweeter bird or Twitter bird or whatever you are. Um, but I kind of feel bad for the automakers because we kind of got through that whole NAFTA deal. Uh, they were putting it in the final paperwork, and Trump says, no, wait. You take care of the immigration issue on your side of the fence, and uh, otherwise we're going to charge more money for everything that comes in. So that's out there. One more thing I want to hit on while I have a brief couple minutes here is auto loans. The average amount borrowed to buy a new vehicle is now $32,187. Wow. The average used loan vehicle hit a record in the first quarter at $20,137. Again, wow. Remember when used cars were like a concept in your head of between two dollars and $5,000? That's changed. So we haven't seen a slowdown in loan demand. People continue to rack up debt. We talk a lot about credit card debt on the show and student debt on the show, but we don't talk a lot of auto loan debt. With sales of new vehicles moderating slightly after the best four years in the industry I've ever seen in the United States, dealers and auto executives are watching consumers closely to see how resistant they're going to be to steady increases in car prices. Man. Oh, is that a Datsun Mustang Road Killer? Um, I'm not a car guy, as you can clearly tell. Is that a Viper? Listen to that engine hum. So the average amount borrowed topped 32000 for the first time ever. You know, we work with computers, and we go, oh, a computer's 2500 then it became 2000 then it became 1500 then it became sub-2,000, then it became sub-1,500, sub-1,000. And uh, cars just keep climbing ever so slightly. Now, again, cars have a lot more going on than they used to. I've got a truck that's got that little side radar feature, which I love. I got the backup camera that beeps at me if I get too close to someone's bumper, which I love. Uh, clearly, it's saved me a ding or two because I don't have good, uh, how shall we say, depth perception, <laughs> maybe. The average monthly payment for a new car now, 554 bucks a month, and people are going six, seven years with it. So new car sales and loans are still strong. You have to have good credit to get the greatest uh, loan, but, oh, man, that's just a lot of debt. Forbes released its self-made richest women list. There's some interesting stories in there. And, again, the way I always look at these lists is, in this case, it's women entrepreneurs. It could be the richest women. It could be the richest men, male entrepreneurs. I just What you're going to see is there's not a lot of day trading software. No one's made you know money with with by trading. You hear commercials for it, like we're going to teach you how to trade like the professionals. Um, so the only way I can pull that back into my own little world 
is to say, eh, no. Um, you know, Marion Illich of Little Caesars. That's an interesting one, huh? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the areas that I see a lot of people make mistakes at, most most financial mistakes I see that drive me the craziest are young people. And I kind of think that old people will get... And this is going to sound harsh. They're going to get what they kind of deserve in the end if they didn't save. And there's nothing I could do to help those people. So it's frustrating. Like, my best advice to someone who says, I haven't saved any money. I just turned 45. You know, I know that I got to start getting on it. I'm like, work till the day you die. Start with that expectation because that's how it's going to play out. My brother Clint sent me a message on LinkedIn, which is always kind of weird. He go. He basically, I said that I had that job anniversary that pops up, and everyone's like, "Congrats on your job anniversary!" Do, 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 do. Um, he said, "I'm gonna retire in a couple of years," and I'm like, "Okay, good for you." You know, like he ran into a situation where my brother Clint's kind of a unique bird, so that tells you like he's 63ish or 60. I don't even know his, his age, but uh, he worked overseas. He was kind of a hippie. If you back down, if you go back and do the math backwards, you kind of figure out that you know that was the counterculture time of tell your dad, you know, I'm gonna smoke dope and get in trouble. My brother Clint was actually arrested when he was a high school senior, and he was an Eagle Scout for selling marijuana, and it hit the local paper. Front page said uh, Eagle Scout Black arrested selling dope, and my dad at that point in time was a crap dad for the rest of the the rest of his life. Well, until my sister until my sister came along, I should be more fair about that. Um, but Clint's going to retire soon, and it just it, again it makes me start thinking, what do I need to do? Um, but I can't help people who. Uh, oh, and the thing that he worked overseas because he kind of figured out stuff late in life, and uh, kind of went to like a community college kind of thing, and um, he got a job in Saudi Arabia. And he did that for 23, 24 years until they started cutting off Americans' heads over the Middle East. And Saudi, the company that he was working for said, you got to go back to the States, bud. We can't protect you. Um, kind of a true story. So when he was 50, he comes back to the United States, and uh, no one wanted to hire him. He's an old dude. Companies want young people. They don't want old people. And uh, that's just a fact. It's sad, but it's true. So the people that I really like helping the most are young people. Because it's not as depressing. Before you get married, for instance, and before you get into a relationship, because a lot of people aren't even marrying these days, you should write down all the debts you have. I call it, I'll show you mine, uh-huh, if you show me yours. Debt levels. So, and you can do a credit report. Go to like a credit karma. Show your credit report. Share this kind of information. If you have any late payments, share that information. Why did you miss them? I think your spouse will want to know. At some point in time, and if they don't, you guys shouldn't be getting married, in my opinion. And again, I'm pretty judgmental when it comes to money issues. When you're young and moving in with each other, living with each other, even when you're older, how much money do you actually make? I don't want to embarrass my spouse, but um, her job is more of a charitable thing than it is a paycheck thing. It'd be great if she did it in a small town like Tallahassee, Florida, but in the Bay Area, it's 25000 a year is not 
a salary. I mean, she could, in theory, apply for food stamps, right? Um, but you need to know these this kind of information. Do you want to work full-time until you retire? When do you want to retire? What plans, what changes will we make when you retire? How do you plan to make them? Before you get married, you should have these questions. Before you move in with each other, you should know these things. Like, let's say, you know, earlier in the show, I talked about the average car debt's now over 30000 plus. Is the person driving around a new car and they're going to trade it in every two years? That's kind of a jerk move to do to a couple, to do to your spouse. Uh, do you expect your partner to work full-time or not? If there's a baby involved, do you expect your partner to full work? What percent of your budget, your family budget now, your household budget, if you're living with someone, what percentage are you going to pay of that? And what percentage are they going to pay of that? Or are you going to cover it all? Will you become bitter? I could send out a list of questions if you want. It's not that hard. Um, but these are questions that if you can't answer, you really shouldn't shack up. How much credit card debt is acceptable? I could tell you that my credit card debt is paid every month so that I don't carry a balance. I may carry a balance, but it's not, you know, I don't get hit with interest charges. So I pay off last month's balance, but there's some stuff that's always added to it before that, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I can tell you that number has gone bigger on me. I've used credit cards more in the last five years than I did, you know, in my 20s. So I've changed. Um, did my partner change with me? I have an old bank account from Bank of America. It's old. And it helps my credit report because it shows that I don't change banks a lot. It shows that I've got some consistency in my world. Um, I didn't want to put a spouse's name on it. I didn't want to change anything per se. First couple of houses I bought, I had to buy in my name because her credit wasn't good. So that puts stress on a relationship. Uh, if you're married, it doesn't really matter. It's uh, The laws in California basically say what's yours is hers and what's hers is yours. Uh, on a lot of levels. But if you have, like, say, an inheritance, don't put your spouse's name on that. Um, because if you get a divorce, if their name's on it, boom, they just got half of your inheritance. Uh, and again, I'm being pessimistic, maybe. How many children do you want to have? When do you want to have your first kid? Do you ever want to move out of the state of California? These are questions you got to ask. And that's how you can help young people. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com